Good morning, Middle Church. Good morning. Gung Fa Choi. Happy New Year. It's an honor to be up here. You should, you should see the view from here. Seriously. Ah, so would you say a prayer with me? Dear God, thank you for this rainbow of people that you brought here this morning. And more than anything, we need to hear from you today. So, God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to unmask so you can hear me better. So, for Matthew, Jesus is the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. Isaiah had prophesied that because of the power struggle between the Assyrian kings and the people of Natali and Zebulon, who were stuck in the middle of a power struggle, they were used as pawns, and both peoples were taken into captivity. After northern Israel had been conquered by the Assyrians in 722 BCE, they were sitting in darkness. They lived in poverty. They suffered from hunger and were subjected to violence at the hands of the, of the, of the oppressors. They had no hope. Of those people who were living in darkness, Isaiah had prophesied that they would have the light shine upon them. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Matthew writes, for him, Jesus is the answer to the burning question. Can there be an ease to our suffering? Jesus is the embodied love, embodied light, and embodied hope. And this text gives me hope that God would send Jesus, his son, to walk among us. We who are imperfect, hurting, searching, works in progress. That God would love us so much that God would enter human history and intervene in our circumstances. No matter how bleak, no matter how dark the night of our souls, no matter how tentative our faith, how that gives me hope. In Matthew 4, we read that after Jesus found out that John the Baptist had been arrested, he picks up and he goes to Capernaum, where he settles down and begins to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah 9, 1 through 4. But there will be no gloom for those who are in anguish, because Jesus, by moving to Capernaum, which was also known as Galilee of the Gentiles, he broke barriers. He went to live and minister to the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness began to see a great light, that those who lived in, in the land of, of deep darkness on them shone light, because Jesus began to preach about repentance and the reign of God that was at hand. The people flourished and their joy increased, because not only did Jesus go to live with the regular folks, instead of the powerful and the wealthy, he chose to live with people like you and I. And in doing so, he healed the sick, regardless of their social or economic status. Well, you see, Jesus could very well have just stood off to the side and watched as people struggled, but Jesus jumped right in with us. He jumped right in and he stood with others who would have been shunned. He loved on them, he accepted them just as they were, and he taught them how to love and accept people. 
And Jesus was willing to take a risk for the sake of humanity. He mentored the disciples, showing them the way to the light, reminding them that they were in fact light made flesh, and that when Jesus, what Jesus could do, they could do. That they could create a more just society filled with love. This light that Isaiah and Matthew both talk about entered the world and darkness can't overcome it. It's here and it's now among us in this room. It is light that is in our hearts and this light ignites our convictions to live a life fighting injustice. Dr. King said, darkness cannot drive out hate. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. That light and that light that Dr. King is talking about takes root in us and radiates from within. Still sometimes radiates from within and sometimes we feel like we're still stumbling in darkness. For me and my people, we were thrust into darkness in January 2020 when rumors were spread that COVID came from China. Now we know where that came from and I didn't mention no names. Those rumors and those lies hurt the Asian communities both here and abroad greatly. The violence and the hate that we were subjected to were heartbreaking. And three years later still stings. And here in New York, we watched as our neighborhood became a ghost town because people stopped coming to patronize the restaurants and the shops because they believed the rumors that COVID had come, where COVID had come from. What was once a vibrant community where shops and restaurants were, where shops and restaurants were crowded, they were now closed at nine o'clock at night and the streets were deserted, and I got to tell you, it was scary. And as the AAPI community fought and rallied, we remembered our strengths. We remembered the teachings of our ancestors. If there is light in the soul, there will be beauty in the person. If there is beauty in the person, there will be harmony in the house. If there is harmony in the house, there will be order in the nation. And if there is order in the nation, there will be peace in this world. And as we claimed our light, we saw non-AAPI brothers and sisters coming to stand with us, shining the light of solidarity in the face of our grief. And as we continued to deal with the hate, multi-ethnic neighborhood block, block watches were formed to protect our elders. In fact, the Chinatown Block Watch which I am a part of, is not made up just of Chinese people. Our team proves that when light breaks through the darkness, we look up and see that we are all light made flesh. Light, all light made flesh. We are each other's people. That Chinese auntie or uncle is our auntie and uncle. Asian American stories belong to all of us and your stories belong to me. We are the light of the world, refracted in a rainbow of beautiful people who stand together to light the way to a healed world free of hate and violence. Yes. Our neighborhood block watch became the light in the darkness. 
And a movement called Light Up Chinatown was started to literally bring light into the community that was suffering. And it is so wonderful to be a part of this beloved community that's always working hard to be loved and light in a hurting world. Thank you, family. Thank you. And as we move into this new year, the year of the rabbit, let us set an intention to be light in the darkness. And what does that look like for you? I'm going to tell you what it looks like for me. For me, being the light is sometimes being present and lending a hand to someone or being present in their pain. Being the light in darkness might require taking risks to stand up for justice or to call someone out for an off-colored comment. Now, if you're like me, I absolutely hate conflict. But it can feel safer to let this thing slide. But light workers, that's all of us in here and everybody online, we're all light workers. We are and we must turn on the light to look squarely at what's broken so we can fix it. Being the light in darkness also requires us to set aside time for ourselves and take care of ourselves so that we can bring light, we can let our light shine bright. And in this new year, may we all be light and darkness, the light made flesh, and may it be so. Yeah.